Now, Father, we thank you this morning again. We pray, O oh, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, that so I desire that your kingdom be established in the earth. Be established in specific areas, be established in our marriages, be established in our relationships, be established in our marriages, be established in our finances and every other area of our lives. That in those areas that are yielded to your will, there will be a manifestation of your kingdom in those areas. As we allow you, as you walk in obedience to your word, that you will show yourself strong in every area of our lives. So we thank you, Father, today. In Jesus' name, we commit this service to you. We thank you for the anointing to minister your word. We thank you for the endorsement in heaven that we should stand and speak in your stead to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me have Bongi come. Bongi, come please. Let's give her a hand as she comes. In Jesus' name. I like despair. I, 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 love, I love despair. And I have a bass guitarist joining us. Uh, we'll see I spoke too long. Uh, Mamchi has been helping us with, with, with worship for some time now. Come close up. But we are ready with mics and everything else. They are sitting it out upon me and there. And the group, they will be uh, starting that ministry very soon. In Jesus' name. Amen. Over to you, Bongi.
Cause because the Bible says the enemy comes not except to steal, kill and destroy. Obviously what he intends to do is within the realm of stealing and killing and destroying. That which he seeks to do has to do with devastation, has to do with weakening the church to the point of non-functionality that you become just like a, a dog without teeth. That we are not able to fulfill our mandate, our kingdom mandate in the earth because he's going to try and hit you so hard from every direction. Will hit you through your marriage, will hit you through your finances, will hit us through our children, will hit us where he knows uh, it counts. Because he has studied all of us, he understands you. He has been around for thousands of years and the demonic spirits that have been assigned in the earth to wreak havoc, they know they've studied your bloodline and my bloodline. They know all the loopholes, they know where we've opened the, the doors, they know areas which we've opened and we've given them license to operate. We have given them the right to come and begin to operate in our lives. And so he has a bucket list, not a bucket list. A bucket list is a list of things that a person wants to do before they go. They uh, have a list of things that they uh, intend on accomplishing. They will not rest until because they would know that and the time for them to go is short, especially people who have a, a, a terminal diseases, who have been given a diagnosis that tells them specifically that your time is short. Now the enemy has been given such a diagnosis. Heaven has already uh, pronounced on his ending. The conclusion is known and he knows it as well. In uh, the book of Revelation 20, which I'm going to go to uh, just now, it is uh, spelled out exactly how the end takes place. But before that happens, he is uh, focused, zeroing in on you to hit you so hard, to hit me so hard to the point where I let go of my faith in the Lord. We hit us so hard that we get to a point where we ask ourselves questions is God fair why would God allow that is the whole point that he will uh, be on your case until he believes that his mission is, has been accomplished that's why he tried to do with Job he even was so daring to the point where he even entered through his spouse Job's wife speaks to him he says why don't you just curse God and die? And then there was something that had to be accomplished in the life of Job by the devil, but he failed. So the Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, the Bible there speaks of the final demise of the enemy. It's known in the spirit realm. It's, it's known. It's known in the realm of the spirit. Everything that they are orchestrating in the world today, they are doing it within a time frame. They are being pushed by a certain clock 
that's been set off in the spirit by God the Father. And the Lord God will not give them an extension of time. Everything will be fulfilled within a specific time frame. And the enemy knows that the time is short. Out he knows. He knows that the time is short. Message Bible, woe unto you and because he comes with so much wrath, knowing that his days are few, and he comes gunning for every family, for every boy, for every girl, for every marriage, for the financial status of the beloved. Because if he can hit you financially, succeed. You awakened your faith and your hope is weakened. So this particular scripture, it says the following from verse 7 to verse 12. And when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and he will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea, and they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Amen. After this particular event, it's found in Revelation 20, 10. 11 goes on there, but Revelation 20, 10. After this particular event, we will never ever hear of the enemy again, ever. Throughout all eternity, there will never be a mention of the devil from that point onwards. But until such time, he wants to, on top of his bucket list, is to deprive God of his inheritance. He wants to deprive God. How to deprive God? He wants to deprive God of his inheritance. What is God's inheritance? God's inheritance are the nations. Is he so So one of the strategies in doing that, in robbing God of, of people, so that whoever was meant to spend eternity in heaven ends up spending eternity in hell. One of the strategies of the enemy is hitting you very hard, hitting you so strong so strategic knowing exactly everything about your life your strengths and your weaknesses everything is tailor-made is designed it's uniquely yours every scheme every plane of satan is designed with your uh, makeup in mind with your personality in mind with everything about you in mind based on who you are and how you have been designed and programmed, so to speak. The enemy knows where you hate the most. Personally, I wouldn't be bothered by pornography. 
but somebody else who would. But when the other person is strong, I am weak. And the enemy knows everything about the people because demonic spirits, what they do is to gather data on people. They're called familiar spirits. Study you from the time you're born until now and they will be carrying on doing so until you are no more. So there is a file, there is data on you. Stuff that they know about you. How do you think Isangom are able to tell through demonic spirits stuff about your life? Where do they get that data from? Because they have intelligence, demonic spirits. One of their duties is to gather intelligence on mankind. So when they strategize and they begin to launch an attack on someone, it's not wasting energy. It's pinpointed. Yeah. It's focused. It's meant to hit you where you hit the most. Yeah. So they want to hit us so very hard until we lose all manner of strength to keep holding on. So understand that, Gabazarwood, everything that happens in our lives happens because the enemy knows that his days are short. His days are numbered. All of us here, sometimes we have, we have good days. We have good days. But all of you, you are witnesses that there have been days. Some of you are still going through those days which range from unpleasant to unbearable, to really atrocious times in your life. And the enemy begins to plant question marks on your mind with regards to the faithfulness of the Father. And why would you allow something like this to happen? I have divorced myself from the world and I've made a statement that I'm no longer part of what they are. I looked down, I remember when I was saved, I looked down and I told the people that are supposed to be taking care of me uh, in my bloodline. I just looked down and I told them, I said, from this time onwards, I am disconnected. From this time onwards, I am unplugging myself from you. Then I began to uh, mention them. I said to uh, Ngoni, I unplug myself from you. Kwabe, I am unplugging, I am disconnected from you. Uh, and then I related all as far as I could remember. And I said from this time onwards, I am connecting to the Lord Jesus Christ. If there is a mistake, then I will have to bear the consequences. I will have to carry that burden. But I am asking that you remove all protection from me. I am asking that whatever that comes, uh, that would be as a result of the altars and the blood that you shed and the sacrifices that you made. I am cutting myself loose from such severing the relationship. I was looking down, I was 
after weeks or months after I got saved, 1990. And so having done that, then you are on your own because those that everybody else trusts in, you have cut yourself loose from. Your hope is only in the King of Kings and in the Lord of Lords. And you cry out to Him. And you say, Lord, I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. And when the help that's supposed to be showing up is not showing up, then there is a frustration that begins to arise. Because I am 0% angelic and I'm 100% human. Which means my cup of endurance, it gets to a point where it overflows and I cannot contain anymore. This is why there's a scripture in the Bible that says, if those days were not shortened, even the elect would not make it. But God in His mercy and God in His divine providence, He shortens the days so that we can be able to enjoy. And He gives us that He will give them at the time the grace to enjoy. But the Bible says there will be an hour that comes to all mankind. And so we pray and we do all that is to do. We give, we fast, and we do all the boxes are ticked according to what you and I have learned from the scriptures. When those things are not happening, there is a frustration that begins to arise to every human being born of a woman in the earth. So it is natural. For a, a human being can only bear a certain burden. Our shoulders were only meant to carry a certain load. There is a load that seems to be too much for that which you and I can carry. I know stuff that I don't know if that were to happen how I would respond. And I've spoken to the Lord about those things. One of those areas have to do with my children and my family. I have been in relationships with people whereby Mom Cleza uh, would know family very close to us as a family. And there's a diagnosis. The little girl, what a, 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 an intelligent 12-year-old kid. She gets a diagnosis that she has cancer in the brain. Smart kid. Sometimes you wonder, that's why she was so smart, because it seems as if God knew she was in my God. I don't know how I would deal with that. We seem strong in certain areas, but there are areas. The reason why you seem to be so strong because you have not been hit in that area. We walk by grace. Some people it's a marriage. Some people it's their children. Some people it's different things to different people. But, but, but family seems to be a very sensitive issue. I love my children. 
We're not supposed to idolize them, but what I'm saying is, family, the reason why you're going to be praying all the time is because the enemy is out and he knows that his time is short. We cannot afford anymore to be defensive. We're going to be proactive because I have told you that he has a bucket list. There are things he wants to do before Revelation 2010 happens that moves us to a place of, of prayer and intercession. Oh, they may fall, a thousand may fall on my side and ten thousand on my right hand side. But Father, let it not come here. But somehow, sometimes it does come here. It, it, it comes through your doors. It comes into your own life into your own house this is where we begin to lose it so family this morning i've come to strengthen you to strengthen you because i know that you are dealing with real stuff sometimes we meet like this and it seems like you are on your own and no one knows we just we have a nice time and we, we sing and and we enjoy worship and we enjoy praise and we say amen and we hug each other and you are going back to that beast you are going back to that situation you are going back to that thing that no one else knows that you have to face when you leave church family there is no one in the bible who has ever cruised through life i want you to know that that we read about in the scriptures none of them cruised through life they say life is not lived on a straight line there's a lot of things that happen but god gives us the grace to make it god gives us the grace to make in genesis 6 god himself talking about moments in life that are frustrating in genesis 6 the Bible says that the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out men whom I have created from the face of the land. Men and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. For I am sorry that I have made them. Can we be bold enough this afternoon, Bazalwa, to say that the Father, the Creator, wasn't having a glorious moment right there? Pretty much. He wasn't having a glorious moment right there. God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth. Jesus says in the New Testament, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. It means adversity. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus knew exactly what was coming. Because there has always been some, a creature called the devil. 
Now people always ask the question, if God was so wonderful, if God was so loving, according to 1 John 4, 8 and 1 John 4, 16, it says God is love. Why would God allow such a, a, a terrible creature in the ants? What is the point? Why would God allow for Satan to exist and to wreak havoc and to do all the mess that is uh, caused in, in, in the world for thousands of years? Just briefly, family, before I just move on to this. On that one, always remember that God, there is never, there is no scripture in the Bible that God made the devil. God never made the devil. God created a creature called Lucifer. Lucifer comes from the word lucid, lucidity, which means bright and shining. The Bible says he was perfect. He was a cherub in heaven and over a king is a cherub. He was in charge of all of the stuff in the heavens. But he was a glorious angel that God had put in charge. Now, that particular carob is name was Lucifer. Lucifer, shining, so bright. Walked upon the fiery stones in the garden of the Lord, the Bible says. The carob, the Bible says, was perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found in him. In other words, Lucifer chose to be a devil. He chose, he mutated into a creature that God had not preordained. So it was never in the will of God for God to create a creature so imperfect, so wicked, so diabolical, so evil to roam the earth. God made everything in the Bible says everything that he made was good. The particular creature Iniquity was found in him. When iniquity, in other words, sin, first came, was introduced in heaven through a, 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 a carob called Lucifer. It came into the earth realm through a being called Adam. But it was birthed, it was born in a carob. This is why sin is powerful. This is why for you to defeat sin, you need someone that is above the rank of a carob. His name is Jesus. Because sin is the architecture of a carob. It has devastating effects. Amen. So God never created Satan. He chose to be a, in the presence of God in glory. Everything was perfect. He wanted to be just like God and occupy a higher place above God. And he became the devil. So his entire existence, his mission is to ensure that he deprives God of his inheritance. There are two reasons why we will lose eternity family. And he is at the center of that. Number one, a human being will lose eternity with God through rebellion against God. Number two, it is offense towards God. I'm going to repeat that. If you find yourself in an eternity that is void of the presence of God, the place called hell, it's because two things 
likely to have happened. Number one, I have rebelled against God. In other words, I've walked in sin, and despite a number of invitations from heaven, says, Come. And despite all the invitations through preachings and through everything that you've been exposed to in your life, I still chose to rebel and to disobey. That's one of the reasons. The second reason why people will wind up in hell is because after having been born again, the enemy hit you so hard to the point where there was an offense that began to build up within you because God was not coming through for you. You were taken through a desert experience. You were taken through a period of tribulation, storms and trials. And the enemy hit you so hard to the point whereby you put God uh, in a seat of judgment and you judged him and you found him wanting. I was offended because my wife had a certain disease. I've had people today who are atheists. I, my, my wife had cancer. I prayed to God. I was crying. I wept. And God never healed her. Because of the offense, our hearts are hardened towards Him. From us knowing Him as a loving God, a merciful King, a loving Father, our hearts are hardened and we begin to see Him as an evil man who has got no sense of logic or rationale, who miscalculates and kills 12 year olds. A family. Entire family just dies and we think God did. It is amazing that when things, when bad things happen, we assign, we ascribe, we put blame on Him. It is in those moments where we tend to forget that there is a creature called Satan. And He roams around the earth. His mission is to devour to kill, steal and destroy to the point where in your heart something is developed that begins to push against God how could you I trusted you I loved you I trusted you I prayed I gave that man said I must give a seed I gave all that I had against God. And the Bible says, the Lord knows those who are His. That's, a, that's an amazing scripture, family. The Lord knows those who are His. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. The Lord knows those who belong to Him. There are people who will spend eternity with God and God knows who they are. Listen to me. Let me repeat that. The Bible says, this remains. God knows 
those who are his. They are people who will spend eternity with God. And God knows who they are. Now Satan's aim is to divert them. It's like he abducts them through deception. One of the things he uses is what we call attacks. The season in the wilderness. A season in a place of tribulation. That seems to be non-stop. Somehow in your life this thing is sustained. Some people go through this thing for a week or for months. You've been in this thing for years. People who came to you six months ago, a year ago, complaining about something, they have come back to you three times about a miracle, about a breakthrough, about a promotion. You still remain in the same place. And according to the books of the enemy, your name is already ticked. She is one of us. Because you have been so disappointed to, to the point where even praying, it's like, what's the point? What's the point of praying? What's the point of faith? Because even if I pray, nothing is going to happen. And you have at least, I prayed on this particular thing, nothing happened. I've prayed about this. I've prayed, I've prayed, I've prayed. And all the prayers I've prayed, not, not even one of them. Nothing has come to pass. To say that if I place my faith in God, he comes through. And the enemy keeps books for you. He's good at keeping the detail. So that he can remind you. What's the point? You're wasting your time. You may as well just go and enjoy your life. Just do what other young people do. And just forget about this thing because it's a waste of time to talk. People go to this inyana. It's called sponsored success. They go there and they, they do what, whatever they're supposed to do. Two weeks down the line, they get a job. The man said, bring your CV to a, a woman who couldn't conceive. Just come. Do this, do that, slaughter this and slaughter that, drink this blood, go to the river and do this and do the other thing. She does it. And she conceives. Say how? Sponsored. Baby belongs to the enemy. It's not a joke for another day. It happens. That's where the confusion comes. and do everything according to the book. I pray. I fast. I do all there is to do but not. That's why the enemy comes on. So this morning family, I want, I want, I want to speak a word to you and encourage you. Because I want you to know that what you're going through, everybody else goes through the same thing. There are seasons in life. That's why there are four seasons. Seems as if God wants us to understand that life is not a straight line. There are seasons in life we go through moments. 
We don't just cruise right through. That's why there's a concept called faith. That's why there's something called patience. That's why there's something called endurance. Because God knew that as long as the creature called Satan is in existence, my people would need to comprehend. So he plants faith. He would measure faith to see. Remember what Jesus said. I don't know. You, you, you'll forgive me, but you know me by now. Do you know that what I'm saying is just an introduction? Amen. But just give me time. I'm, I'm like, I'll get to the point. Jesus said, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So ideally, Luna, we should be enjoying the comfort being in the hand and the protection and security of the Father because it's promised. So we're supposed to be untouchable because he said, I have them in my hand. Say, if you have me in your hand, please. How come? Can I even, if I'm going through stuff, can I even read that scripture with faith and boldness? My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. John 10, 29. Some people read this scripture with a vibrating voice. Because whoa, whatever is being declared here. Their life does not reflect that which the scripture projects. So ideally we should be enjoying the comfort. But sometimes it seems like we are under Satan's big foot. On a permanent basis, other people, it seems like I'm under his big toe. I've got a prince of his big toe on my life. Because yes, that I live from within the foot of the devil. Family, the truth of the matter is this. When are you, you feel it or you don't? I want to I tell you the truth before God. Now I'll tell you what the enemy tries to do. We are always in the hand of God. We are always, always in the hand of God. Every scripture that you have ever read, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's true. Everything God has ever promised says you are the apple of my eye. It's true. His love for us, his love for his people is real and it's genuine. Seems like the hand we're supposed to be in this hand, this beautiful hand, but the hand is cold. There's sandy paperish. It doesn't hold me with love and kindness. Or maybe it seems like everything is going fine. They come here and I testify. They promise Testify with Monday. More than they could have in three months ago. You've been praying for 15 years. Let's say, more than they could have three months ago. Was a little bit of 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 a 
like we are, we are always, we are always under this, this, this stress. We are dealing with an under, but we pretend, you see, because we were raised such that we cannot be honest with the Father. We, when we are frustrated, we, we press it in. I can't speak openly to you, say, God, I analyzed you, was a But I need you to intervene, I really do. I really do. Because I need your grace. Um, I, I've, 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 I've prayed and I've tried, but I, I need you to come through. And I would love for you because he loves you. I would love for you when you get to a point so that there are no suicides in the body of Christ. So that you don't wind up in those institutions or people who are psychologically affected. We must learn to, to talk to him. Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. In Jesus' name. All right, let me move on to the next segment. They both need strength. Amen. I'm going to move on to the crux in the next 10 minutes. Don't worry. But let me make this point. They need strength. But for two different reasons. A sinner needs strength to escape Satan's grip. I know people who are on drugs, people who are addicted, who whip tears. They wish they would stop. I have a brother like that. I have a brother like that. Remember Alright. Remember my keys. Alright, sorry. Sorry to keep you waiting, I didn't know. Both of them need strength. Satan keeps his sinner so bound that even when he wants out, he can't. But my tiny members, they weep. Don't forget to move them as I move so that they don't lose me. People on Zoom. Alright. I know, I, I know, I know the thing that they say. One of the ladies was part of us earlier on, but she just couldn't. In the screaming. You sell stuff. Anything. You know that you are, what you are doing is not right. Because So the strength they need is to break away. You and I, on the other hand, we need strength to stay and to remain in God's hand. They need strength to go. We need strength to remain. Because often it is difficult to stay in the faith when things begin to hit us so hard. I want you to know from the outside, what he says I have in my hand, right in his hand. 
is such a catchy cause not from the inside, not from the outside. God's head is opened from within by his child who wants out. The strength that you and I need is the strength to remain. Because we get weary. When the enemy begins to hit you so hard, we get tired of praying the same prayer. It tells you in your head. We get weary, we get tired, we lose hope, and we want out. I got things very easily because I could cut corners. I knew how to cheat. There were means and there were ways to get it. As soon as I received the Lord Jesus, now I need to walk on this thin and narrow path. And it seems like the whole world is mocking me. And I want out. And something I was to stay and to remain the strength to stay within the hand of the Lord. Because as long as, long as we are weak, as long as we are bruised, we cannot fulfill the purpose of God in the earth. We will only be able to fulfill our divine mandate in the earth when we walk in the grace of God, walking with Him in His hand, God holding us and says, what you know, no matter what happens, He's faithful. If it takes for me, I remember Kenneth Copeland many years ago. Which I will always declare that by his stripes I'm healed. And he said, some other pastor said, but what if you die? While declaring that, he says, I will, I will walk into heaven declaring by his stripes I'm healed. Sometimes it takes for us to have this stubbornness. So that whatever happens, the, the enemy does not win. Somebody says, he said some years ago, never speak in a manner that makes the devil think that he is winning. Never. Even when you feel that Lord answers the but keep on declaring by faith. Keep on trusting the Lord. Keep on declaring by Faith that Lord by your stripes I am healed in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Pastor, I, I, I know that we, most of us, some of us are really weary. Because I do talk to you one on one. I know that you have, you have tried. I know that you've been believing God. It's different issues for different people. But this morning, I want to strengthen you. I want you to know that God knows your name. I want you to know that God, it is impossible for Him to forget you and who you are and what you stand for. It's impossible for God to forget that you have been destined to fulfill for Him. And that for that to happen, He is supposed to ensure that you have the resources 
both spiritually, emotionally, and materially for you to be able to fulfill your divine mandate in the earth. He knows it. God has not forgotten. You look around and you're like, do you even know my name? Why am I here? Why, what's the point? Why did I not die when I was just given upon this stillborn? Why did I have to go through this? Some of you are hit in your family. I tell the children all the time, I say, you know what? You, are, you didn't even choose who your parents were going to be. No one had the privilege to decide who your mom or who your dad was going to be. So whatever that happens, God knows. Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives. She says, I know. This is why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Live means to continue in existence. Not just breathing in and out. The just shall live. Shall we shall navigate by faith. Knowing that there is a God in heaven who cares, who has not changed. Who is the same today, yesterday, and forever. What he has done for one person, he will do it for you. I said he will do it for you. He will do it for you. You cannot be so special that God will out of billions of people will treat you in a different way and be indifferent toward you. And mistreat you alone out of billions of people. He will do it for you. Oh, he will do it for me. No, he will do it for you, family. He will do it for you. He will do it for you. I don't want you trusting God for. But I want you to know that God will do it for you. And the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Amen. Now, let's get to the crux of the matter. You see, what have you been doing for the last 30 minutes? <laughs> I've been preaching. <laughs> Bless you. But listen to this family. I want you to listen to me very carefully. Because the, the agenda of the enemy is to, <clears throat> is to get rid of you. And the two backslider backslide. It's people often about the same way. It's the same way. And something happens. Not only to his song. I want to put up in this way. And I saw what he did. He saw on one and just say, he has a chance to go to the house. No! It's a it's, it's stuff that hits them so hard that they leave God. There is no point. There were times when Nando was asked to go and uh, to these batandas and tell 
Papa, can I? They are asking me. Of course, what are you going to do? I don't go. Don't go. Don't go. They trust in God. Amen. And I told them, it doesn't make sense to me. So we've done everything that is to do. Amen. So just keep walking. For her, the day is so different from her service. Let's keep walking. Alright. Now, let's get to it, family. <clears throat> the enemy wants you to be wary. Out wary. Wary means uh, it's emotional fatigue. It's spiritual exhaustion. It's when you're like, physically spent, when you cannot do much anymore. It doesn't do anything in you anymore. You're done. We have had this all for years. They've come and they've prophesied. They've come and they've laid hands on you. They've come and said, 2020 was going to be your year. And COVID showed up. So you have had these things. You have had these prophecies being prophesied. Over and over again, and finally, because you're a human, you are only human, you get weary. You're not the first one. The Bible says David felt weary. I told you before, giants in the word of God, what you are going through, they went through. Some of them for a shorter period of time, some of them for a longer, protracted period of time. The Bible says. David said, I sink in the deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary. With my crying out, my throat is dry. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. He said that. Psalm 69. So I wanted to understand that they went through stuff. In the book of Matthew, the Bible says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were distressed and scattered as sheep, not having a shepherd. The issue of growing weary has been there for thousands of years because the enemy is present in the earth. Are you feeling weary, family, this morning? You're feeling tired. You're just going through motions, just going through motions, you know, just because you know you've been programmed. I gotta read my Bible every night. I'm going to pray. But the prayer it seems like it just hits the roof and comes, sits on your head. And then you sweat. You've grown weary. It's gone through. There's no joy anymore. What used to be fire and this intimacy, it's just a religion. It's mechanical. It's a transactional relationship. And it's so dry. And you can't tell anybody that because they will judge you. Because what we are going at as God's people is to judge each other. Hallelujah. 
Praise the glory of your former self. You remember when you got saved? Remember the excitement and the joy. It seems as if that is gone. You're starting to get used to it. It doesn't want you anymore. This day goes past, you don't pray, it's another day, it's nothing. But I come to church. If I don't come to church, you're going to judge me. And you'll say I'm backslidden. But you're doing nothing even to help me. But when I fall, God's people are the first ones. They push you down. Now the devil can, can push you and the church can do this. Let me repeat that. Satan can push you. Even the devil.
It is in his interest. Because his name is at stake. Sometimes it's not even about you. But because you have been declaring to the enemy and to those who are not saved. We have been broadcasting your faith to them and they've had you. Refusing things so that you can be connected and be faithful to the Lord. The Lord does not ignore. This is why there's a scripture in the Bible that says, Those who trust in the Lord shall never be put to shame. God is not out to shame you. I know it has been long for most of you. The trouble in your household, the trouble with your children, the trouble with your finances. Keep calling out. Even if you are the only one in your household calling out. Keep calling out. Keep calling out. I know. Son, 
He says to him, you, then my child be strengthened. Be strong. By the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. And trust to faithful men. Who will be able to teach others also. And he says, share in suffering as a good soldier. Of Christ Jesus. No soldier that's intended in civilian pursuits. Since his name is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Now, Bazawani, allow me for the last 20 minutes or so. I want to talk about three things that are going to close with for you. When I talk about a soldier, when I talk about an athlete, and I talk about a farmer, because he shares things with Timothy which are powerful. In his place of weakness, in his place when he's bordering on giving up, says there are three things I want you to, there are three people, there are three characters, there are three personalities. I want to teach you about and I want you to mimic them from this point onwards. Now the thing is, when the Lord moves you from a point of, of weakness to a point of strength, He asks you to do something. He does not take into account the fact that you are already weary. He will still ask you to do something. There is something that will be required of you still as He shifts you, as He moves you to that place. The animal wants to sit on you, but the Lord God, there is a place that He wants to move you towards. So Apostle Paul tells Timothy, says, be like a soldier, be like an athlete, be like a farmer, be like a soldier, be like an athlete, be like a farmer. You need the endurance of a soldier. You need the discipline of an athlete. You need the patience of a farmer. Now allow me, family, this 20 minutes or so, I'm going to wrap this up. Amen. Let me talk to you about a soldier for a few moments. Because that's what God wants to plant in you. No matter what happens, because stuff, it may not be happening right now. Even young people, as old as Fernandi and Wait. You're still under our custodianship. Life is going to be life. And you will have to understand these things as you grow up. Only soldier, soldier. I was studying uh, U.S. Marines. I love, I, I love, I, okay, I love U.S. I love what they do there. There is a, an area in the military segment, they are called U.S. Marines. They are the most uh, competent, followed by Russia, I think, and China. U.S. Marines in there, when they re recruit people, now family, I want you to focus and be with me please now. In their recruitment document, it says the following. Ours is a noble path and a demanding journey. 
reserved for those with a willingness to engage and determination to defeat all mental, moral, and physical requirements to join the Marines over fear and doubt through fatigue and scrutiny Marines win and they could hold list before you even fill a form you must understand what they are about they are trained to be the best family in the air to be the best on land and to be the best in the sea they are the best, the U.S. Marines. They are the ones who are sent to take Osama bin Laden and other terrorist giants in the Middle East. It's, it's a group, about 10 people. They can mess up a 200-man army or more because they are trained specifically. Now, there's a general, his name is General Leslie Brown. He says, we have only one mission to perform. That is to fight and win. And we must do it better than anyone else in the world. We have one duty, one mission to accomplish. Which is to fight and win. And we must do it better than anyone else in the world. These are worldly people. They've got, they, they don't have the spirit of God. Of course, they would be born again believers, there, but they, they are a secular structure. They are determined. They do, they do not give up. And a U.S. Marine does not give This is why sometimes you'll find them uh, when Hollywood tries to uh, paint a picture for us to understand. He will be the only one left surrounded. Having a wounded soldier next to him because he would not leave him. He would shoot still without them, knowing that they're going to retaliate and kill him because they have been trained with fight to win and we never give up. We never give up. And one of their greatest strengths is endurance. They are put through. The most rigorous training in the world, the staff they got for you to qualify, you're not going to be a US Marine. You have to go through stuff that no man or woman sober minded. They gave up quickly because they are taken through paces. It's too much. As they prepare you mentally, not just not just what I'm saying, but mentally and emotionally. For you to be able to withstand any challenge. These are worldly people. These are people in the world. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy, he says, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There are soldiers, Nandi, of Justin Trudeau, he's the president of Canada. He has got soldiers. They are soldiers of Jin, uh, Jin Jinping of China. He has soldiers, it's his soldiers. They are soldiers of Donald J. Trump in the States. It's his soldiers. And then they are soldiers of Jesus Christ. 
There are soldiers of Jesus who are in a U.S. Marine is trained never to give up no matter what happens. No matter the challenge, no matter the hardship, the army of John Jinping, they never give those Chinese people in the face of brutality, they never give up how much more than there is an army. He's called a soldier of Jesus Christ. What level of endurance is expected of that one? What punishment is that one is expected to take if a U.S. Marine can take serious stuff and they will never if there's information they're supposed to release and they're under duress they don't care what you put them through they will never you're gonna kill them a worthy person you are a soldier in the kingdom of God when you put the army of Jesus Christ and you put the army of you of, of Donald J. Trump. And then we make do what we call a comparative study of our ability to enjoy and the strength and the hardship when things do not happen according to plan. Who is likely to give up? We are soldiers of the spirit. This is why we, we have the capacity, we are given the enablement of the Holy Spirit to be able to enjoy. Hallelujah. I want you to understand that you out I am a soldier of Jesus Christ. So you're your, your general today. Jesus Christ is saying to you, do not give up. We are the Marines of his kingdom. Whatever he wants to accomplish in the earth, he will do it through us. We are the people he counts on. If the enemy cancels you out, if he manages to cancel Noto out, whatever that God wanted to do through Noto that thing is compromised and the enemy wins. He wants to set us dry because all of us, we have a preordained mandate and purpose. No wonder there is something she must accomplish. But for her not to do so, she must be hit to a point of just throwing it all away. There is no point. Out I'm a soldier. I'm a marine in the kingdom of God. It's quickly for me, let's give me 10 more minutes. It's quarter past, let's leave it half, half past, we said. Paul says an athlete, athlete, be like an athlete, out the athlete, an athlete. He says an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. By being a one who lived the race, prematurely not because they cannot run but they
they get disqualified because they break the rules, regulations, the laws in the kingdom. Listen to me, family. There are rules in the spirit as you fight. There are things that you must do as, as, as you fight in your place of despair. There are still rules to keep while you are fighting and trusting God. We wage war according to divine rules in the spirit. I want you as you fight family, forgive completely. Anybody? Anybody? How to forgive completely? Forgive completely. Let not that disqualify you. Number two, I want you to love others sincerely. How to love sincerely? Love sincerely. Love sincerely. Number three, I want to trust God completely. Trust God completely. Don't be disqualified, trust God. Why do you fight? Why do you wait? Trust God. Trust God completely. And I want you to walk around as you live your life, walk around blamelessly. Walk around blamelessly. We disqualify ourselves sometimes. As you run, as an athlete, Lunga, you stay in your lane. It's a rule. You stay in your lane. You have a lane. Stay in your lane. One of the things we must learn not to do as we begin, as we trust God to pull us out of a situation. People have Drama family. People, oh, everybody has their dramas. Stay in your lane. Don't allow, don't pull other people's dramas to yourself. You, you already have got something happening, something going for you. And don't allow people to pull you into their drama. Stay in your lane. Stay out. I must stay in my lane. Don't, don't try to be God in other people's lives. Allow God, heal. Allow God to help you to, to come out. I don't know if you're in a situation, Mama Uhade. You go to a family to pray. She's sick. But she ends up, she's praying for all of you. Now, I don't know if she wants to project herself as I'm stronger than all of you. No. Submit. Allow us to minister to you. Be in the lane. Allow us to help you. God's pace. Don't, don't let people determine the pace. Don't worry about him. Don't worry about the promotion. Don't worry about the job that she got or he got. Don't worry. Don't worry about whether she he passed his degree and 
Run at God's pace. Not at your friend's pace. Not even at your family's pace. Because not us, that is the problem. It's the problem. Learn to run at God's pace. God is with you. Oh, God is with me. Don't let people determine how fast you must run. Because I not let me part back on take your destiny. As you run, as you run, family, find your rhythm. Find your rhythm. Find your rhythm. You, you are an athlete. Where, where is your rhythm in prayer? You should pray every day. You should pray every day and it, it used to worry you when you, you skip a day without worry. Let me out you when my wife runs. Oh, you must get a rhythm. You must get a rhythm. A rhythm. A rhythm. A rhythm. There was, there was a rhythm with you coming to church. You come to church. I come to church often. I come. There, there was a rhythm in your life. With Bible reading even. How to keep your rhythm. Last 10 minutes, let's talk about the farmer. One of the main tasks of a farmer is to ensure that they see it in the ground. Now listen to me, I'm about to close this one. Not just one type of seed. It's a whole range. learn to sow as you trust in God to come out. How many of you here trust in God to come out? If you're trusting God to come out of a situation, he says be a soldier. He says be an athlete. He says be a farmer. Sow your faith. It's called a seed of faith. The Bible says who? Talking about Abraham. Contrary to hope, yet in hope believed, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, or the natural manifestation of what was happening, did not waver at God's promise, out in seed of faith. No, 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 sow that seed, keep sowing that. Keep sowing your faith. Keep sowing your faith. Another seed you must keep sowing is a, a seed of prayer. Or a seed of prayer. Keep sowing your prayer. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. When the flesh does not feel like it, just keep sowing. Keep sowing. It's called a seed of prayer. Sow your hope. Sow hope. Or a seed of hope. No, that seed must be in the ground. You are a farmer. Sow the seed of hope. Sow the seed of forgiveness or the seed of forgiveness. In those who have had to let the seed be in the ground, Allah be called why you are trusting God to pull you out. Allah be called that you are holding a grudge against sow the seed of forgiveness. As I wait, the seed of forgiveness is already in the ground. And I'm waiting for the manifestation of that which God has promised. 
Show kindness, family. Seed of kindness. When others make it, celebrate with them. When someone makes it, when someone gets a breakthrough, congratulate them wholeheartedly when they pass, when they get promoted, when they get their house, when they get their child. Celebrate. Congratulate them. So, seed of lettuce. As I wait, trusting God for my miracle, let the seed of kindness be in the ground already. So a seed of joy. I'm almost done, family. Our main source of joy should be what he has promised. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So the seed of joy. What must I be joyful about when I remember what he has promised? I'm fooling this and bad. I want to fall in love with what he has promised. And I need to cultivate that because I'm Lola. This is why I need this rhythm to cultivate it. So giving material seed. Hallelujah. So, 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 family, so let it be seed in the ground. So repentance. So repentance. The Bible says, repent so that your sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Why I wait with showing repentance, Father, if there's anything in my life that has caused for this wilderness to be prolonged, oh God, in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Christ. I, I ask for your forgiveness, oh God. Let a seed of repentance be in the ground as I wait. So tears, family, so tears. So tears, tears. Seed of, we are done, family. So tears. I don't know if you know what it means to weep, to cry. So tears. So plant them. Plant them. When you are broken, weep and tell God, Father, I am broken. Oh God, intervene because my trust is only you. Stand up, family. Stand on your feet. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. So tears, tears. Don't waste, don't cry out of anguish. Cry out of intercession. Father, we thank you. In your season, Basalwani, of, of need, in your season of oppression and of tribulation, be armed with seed. 
All the things I've asked of you to sow will not cost you anything. But as you wait, trust in God. Let there be seed in the ground. Wait patiently for the Lord. Now, Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your church. Oh, remember that we are only flesh of God. According to Psalm 103. Remember, oh God, that we are but dust. We are liable, we could fall and, and mess it all up. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray for your grace to stand, to remain in your hand. When it's difficult, when it is almost impossible, we pray for your grace. Even when we have to wait for years, we know that Abraham waited for 25 years. 25 after you had promised him a son. As Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise, according to Hebrews 6. Father, teach us to wait. Teach us to wait. It's so hard to wait when there is no sign. Give us the grace, O oh God. Breathe upon us. You know that Joseph waited in the prison for two years. Two years when he did nothing wrong. He waited. He waited patiently until you came through for him.
Anybody else who is praying? Are you invited to come forward? Whatever situation in the home or whatever the situation is, let's strengthen each other, family. That's why we're coming. Let's trust God together. Being disappointed time and time again. And we're going to go in this situation if I go for you come to Stretch your hand towards you. Speak with me. Father, in Jesus' name, glory to the Christian Christus. You know, we pray for someone. The compassion of the Holy Spirit.
steal from us in one way or the other. Or to wreak havoc in any way. We disconnect from His plans. And Father, this week we make ourselves available to You. We say that Your will be established in our lives. And those not here, those who connected us via Zoom and Facebook. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. As we come to give, when we come and whoever else come and sing, as we come to, to give uh, before the Lord in Jesus' name, then we, we, we are going to go. Amen. Hallelujah.